You're listening to the Overcast. Sunshine on a cloudy day. Part of the Oversoul Gaming Channel. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Overcast, the entertainment podcast focused mostly on fun. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. Oversoul. And I am your co-host, Nick, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend. Yes, and we are bringing you sunshine on a cloudy day. Although, I have to put in a bit of a disclaimer here that at the beginning of this episode, in terms of our life updates and even a bit of the media corner, um, it may be a little more clouds than sunshine today. But worry not, because today's topic is going to be all sunshine. Because uh, the topic is going to be all about Gamescom 2023, which just happened earlier this week at the time of recording this, which is 12.49 a.m. on a Saturday. Uh, but earlier on Tuesday, the live stream happened. There was a bunch of things and stuff, and we're going to talk all about it after we quickly get through all of the other uh, other things some of which might be a little sad. So this is your warning now if you don't want to hear things that might be a tad bit distressing. Uh, just because we're, we're both kind of going through some stuff right now. Then please feel free to fast forward to the topic. But uh, otherwise, buckle in because um, it won't be all bad. Uh, in fact... Uh, I have, a, I have a funny recommendation for my media corner today, a funny cartoon, so, mm-hmm. you know, stick around and find out. Could go either way, folks. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's why I said the podcast focused mostly on fun <laughs> at the beginning of this one, just to be safe. Gotta cover my ass and my assets, if you know what I'm saying. All right. Yes. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, I'm going to rip this band-aid off super quick because um, I know I said in the last episode that I had found a place and I was moving into it, and that all turned out to not be so good. It didn't. Um, it did not work out for reasons that I won't get into on here, um, and it is like I got my deposit back but lost a bunch of other money in the process like the first month's rent and stuff and it it may end up being um it may end up being an issue down the line that I'll have to seek legal means to take care of but in the meantime it's the number one thing is still trying to find an apartment by next Thursday which <laughs> good luck right right um, Truth is, I may have to stay a couple nights or even like a week or so in a hotel, which there is, there's a pet, a pet friendly hotel right down the street from me. It's a super eight. So it's not like, you know, it's not like some seedy side of the highway, you know, dig thing. It's like a legit motel with like a pool and a laundry room and free breakfast and comfy beds and all that shit, you know, like, right. You know, so, um, and it's actually the cheapest motel in town at like 50 some dollars a night, 50 or 60 something a night, which is still expensive, but it's not something I, 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 it's something I can afford. I just don't want to have to go that route and then rent a storage shed on top of it. 
it's annoying, but I'm trying to be optimistic and look at the fact that at least I'm not homeless completely. Right. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be I w- wouldn't be homeless. I'd still you know I've got money. I can stay at a, a, a nice hotel. You know. It's, yeah. Well, I wait for something. I mean, I'm going to fill out an application at an, another apartment tomorrow morning and just recently filled out an application and uh, took a look at one waiting to hear back from that guy. Uh-huh. It, it, that one is pretty nice. It's actually like a – it used to be like, you know, like a fancy rich person's house that got um, either sold or foreclosed on or something and they bought it, renovated it, and turned it into four apartments. Oh, nice. Yep, so – um, kind of hoping to get that one be preferable to living in to an apartment complex where you know it's like you have to go in the building and up the elevator and then through the you know that's where all the horror movies happen but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know uh no actually it was a really nice apartment complex the, the apartment itself had like really nice like finished wooden floors and uh, air conditioner in the wall already so yeah um, you know the all the amenities um you know they got a laundry room there all that they have a like i, I guess it used to be like an office building or something cuz they have a conference room that um that is like you know meant for like if you have like family over for like the holidays or something you can use that for your feast you know yeah they have like a like a you know, like a room for the people to hang out and stuff. They also have like a vending machine room there too. So, you know, don't have to go far for your snacks. <laughs> right. So, you know, there are pros and cons to all of this. I'm hoping to get the, the, the nicer one. It's over by the hospital out here, but that'll be the only right. downside is hearing the ambulance shit go by all the time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, it is what it is. On the upside, though, work is back tonight, so that's good. And they switched our routes, I guess you could call uh-huh. them, around, because it's four custodians, one school. So, you know, that's evenly split into, you know, we each clean one-fourth of the school every night. So Right. Um, and mine is, I used to do classrooms over on one side of the building. Now I'm on the opposite side of the building cleaning the the music rooms, the locker rooms, nice. uh, in like the theater area. And I actually much prefer this room because the classrooms are a lot of like, I got to bend over constantly and wipe off desks and it's like really hard on my back. You know, this... This run is a lot more like big, big, wide open spaces where I don't have to like bend down as much and do that kind of stuff. It's more Bro, like locker. What locker locker rooms are where like a lot of horror movies shit happens. No, no, no. See, these locker rooms are actually peaceful. I intentionally leave the lights off when I go in there to clean it because it's. Uh, it, there is no like full darkness in this school. There are the emergency night lights that are always on because they're hooked up to a generator. So even when you turn okay. the lights off, they always stay on. So there's always like. So if anything, it adds an even more creepy ambiance to the hallways because it's not completely dark, but it's not brightly lit. It's like you know dimly lit. There's like one you know night light every three lights down the hallway <laughs> um, right yeah <laughs> but like but strangely no the locker rooms are actually like super peaceful and they're like like air conditioned <laughs> nice so, okay 
No, it's I don't know. Maybe it's just like um, I don't know. It's got they have it's like the material that the floor is made out of and stuff. They have like a cave type feeling to them. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Nice. Um, but no. Um, I just like the run I have now better because it's more wide open areas that are easier for me to clean I think than you know all the the tedious bending over and weaving in and out of tight spaces this is more my speed um you know the only the only room I miss the only room I miss cleaning from my old run is the library I I enjoyed vacuuming the library for whatever reason but I believe it um but Yes, and besides all that and this, I'm I'm cheating a little bit and sneaking this in here because I'm not doing the media corner for it or anything because it's not yeah, you know, it's like my four hundredth time playing it. But I've I've felt the need for a little comfort food nostalgia lately for obvious reasons. So I've re- been replaying Final Fantasy X for the four thousandth time and. There you go. Man, it still holds up in a lot of ways, but in a lot of other ways it doesn't. <laughs> but I still love it. It's just, it's so weird to see the very first Final Fantasy game with voice acting that came out on the PS2, and since everything was recorded in Japanese and then dubbed in English, the the mouth movements do not match the words. Um, I believe it. It's, uh, yeah, and some of the... the all the in-engine character rendering, the characters look really stoic, but like in the in the pre-rendered cutscenes, they look beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, I this game. It. I'd like to see them do a remake of this one in the style of the pre-rendered cutscenes. But no, yeah. the game the gameplay still holds up, and the story is one of the best in the franchise and all that. But yeah, um, so yeah, that's. That's what's up with me lately, but, you know, not to worry, me being in a hotel, if it comes down to that, isn't going to put a stop to anything else that's going on. I'll still have my consoles with me, I'll still have my cats with me, and I'll still right. have my computer with me, so, you know, this <laughs> this oversold train will keep on a-rolling, no matter what. Ain't nobody, exactly. Ain't nobody stopping The show us. must go on. Life has thrown me a lot of curveballs, not only recently, but just, like... In general, I seem to be cursed with a particular stroke of bad luck, and maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Who the fuck knows? At this Bro, point. do you think but... it had anything to do with that demon that you pissed off back in Jake's house back in I, 2011? You know what? I've pissed off a lot of things in my life, so it could be like, <laughs> and people. Oh my God. So I, I, you know, who knows at this point anymore? I've, I, Bro. I, I, I remember you fucking you uh but also like also like oh, no cuz even if there was something like that which like these it drained days, a lot of energy out of you I am I am not as um uh like I still love like horror movies and all that but I'm not like a ghost chaser like I used to be. I don't, <laughs> you know. It, I used to I'm, do that shit all the time. I look for logical explanation and scientific explanations first now before I start delving into that. Although the the unknown does fascinate me, I do. But it's not the unknown itself so much as it is the the want to the want to solve it. It's like a puzzle that needs to be solved, right? Like yeah. I want to I find the logical explanation behind the paranormal phenomena. 
you know Mm -hmm. i want to solve it it's kind of like when the magician does the trick and they're like a magician never tells their secrets no fuck that man i want to know how you did it like (laughs) i want to see the behind the scenes i want to peek behind the curtain i watched all of the bonus features on all of the saw movies to see how they did that stuff for some people they say that breaks immersion because when they're watching it they're like well now i know it's just nylons filled with meat not real intestines oh no you mean to tell me that this fake movie isn't real oh my god (laughs) but me i love that i love knowing how they do that because when you watch it and you're like man how do they do that without actually killing someone (laughs) besides that being illegal well right then they show (laughs) it's just a fucking magic of the digital world you know yeah although although in those movies they used prosthetics as much as they possibly could for that realistic feeling and in the third movie they actually used real pig corpses so there's that too (laughs) right Oh shit! But anyways, I went off on a tangent. That's all that's up with me. It's it's ups and downs. As you can see, it clearly hasn't dampened my spirits. I'm trying. <laughs> right. I just try. I'm gonna make whatever happens. I'm gonna make the most of it. You know. Exactly, and that's all you take one. Take it. Take things one day at a time. That's all you can do. Indeed. Yes. Well, how about you? Me, I recently started a new job. Uh, I'm already liking it. Um, they, uh, I, I started at UPS on Monday. Uh, I had my last night of training last night as of this recording. And uh, I start in my designated department on Monday. They had us doing some hands-on work um, to help unloading the air cans for, like, uh, like incoming stuff. My department, I will be basically learning to be a Tetris master. Uh, I will be loading the air cans that go on the airplanes. Basically treat it like a, a big old game of Tetris. But no, I, I'm I'm really excited to uh, to start uh, on Monday in my in my designated department to learn what I'm going to be doing. Obviously, they're going to help me through the help me out with the first couple times to show basically show me the ropes of what the job is. But uh, no, I think it's 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 the repetitiveness. I need repetition in my life. Taco Bell wasn't providing that. It was a bunch of like, yeah, it, it, I had to do it at a high high speed and high pace, but it was different things when I need repetition. With UPS, I'll be doing the same thing every day. Repetitive. It's it's my I I have a a, a, a one track mind. <laughs> so I need so it's the autism bro like it's um wait 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 I thought that was the, I thought ADHD was like the opposite of a one track mind cuz yeah with autism comes hyper focusing but with ADHD comes like multi like jumping around from one thing to the next so okay Taco Bell my autism like really got to me in um when I was working at Taco Bell so with UPS, mm. um, the UPS is is basically providing me with 
uh, hyper-focusing on one thing and one thing only. Okay, there you go. <clears throat> so, I think I'm really going to like it at UPS. I really do. Uh, I'm going to s- kind of sneak one tiny little thing in as well. Um, Ryan, I know you're listening. Um, so, my soon-to-be girlfriend, Sarah, uh, heard me talking about a TikTok video that, uh, that I, that I would just so happen to be scrolling by. And it was the, 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 his smile or the high, high smile, uh, toothpaste that, uh, <laughs> the smile high club. The, right, bro. Like this shit does <laughs> no, the, there's no minty taste to this shit. I got the she she got me the uh, the mango sorbet flavor. I have to imagine is, if you're part oh of the God. Smile High Club, it would be a salty taste, bro. <laughs> bro, bro, no, there's no minty flavor to these. It's uh, mango sorbet and peach iced tea. We are not sponsoring this, by the way. <laughs> take take that, YouTube censors. <laughs> We are not sponsoring this. No, but no, I, I uh, it was, I, mean, I tried both flavors. Um, my teeth haven't felt this great in a long time. Like, bro, this, this shit is fucking good. Well, you heard it here on the podcast first, folks. Nick is now an official member of the Smile High Club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, doubling back just a tad bit to what you said about your job and repetition, all I can say is I have, for some whatever reason, I have to have some kind of like middle ground balance where I have not repetition, but routine where I'm doing the same thing, where I'm doing the same thing every night, but I'm not doing the same thing all night. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't right. do, like, a factory thing where I'm just sitting there and putting the thing in the box and putting the thing in the box and putting the thing in the box and putting the thing in the, like, some kind of robot over and over again. I couldn't. I do the same thing every night, but I move around from spot to spot and do different things in each spot. And that gives me enough variety while still being the same to meet that perfect sweet spot in the middle. Plus, I have a lot of freedom and independence on the run that I have at work where I'm by myself. Uh, like, I don't I don't see the other custodians much at all because their shit's all either upstairs or on the other side of the building, so... Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. and, like, I'm, like, you know, freaking deep in the bowels of the locker rooms and shit <laughs> like that, you know? Right. So it's, like, I'm, like... It's an introvert's dream, you know, like, yeah, not only that the job I have, but having the specific spots that I have at that job. Yeah. (laughs) You know, perfection. Yeah. So UPS and toothpaste, is it? Yep. Uh, I'm a UPSer and that toothpaste is fucking lit, bro. Ah, well, you know what, uh... You know, you could probably get that uh, toothpaste delivered to you in a UPS box. <laughs> it was actually delivered USPS. 
Oh, of course. Just one, just a one letter difference. Uh, the snail, yeah. the snail mail, but it came, but it came. Uh, but sometimes those things get transferred. But anyways, you know what else? Some kind sometimes comes in UPS boxes. What's is, that? Um, media, because people can yeah. order their games and shit and movies and whatnot from Amazon, and they come yep. in UPS boxes. So. Exactly. What do you say we ship ourselves a box full of media and open it up and see what's inside? <laughs> I'm the gray one. I live with a nice lady and anywhere from 40 to 60 other cats. And I know every word to the movie in her shoes. All right, folks, welcome to the media corner, the part of the show where we talk about um, the things that we've played or watched or listened to or read or any of that that we want to review, mini review, uh, positive or negative, and or media related news that caught our interest or is important to us and um considering that today's topic is you know heavily video game uh leaning again <laughs> we're going to keep uh this episode's media corner short and sweet down to one item each and um nick has something very important to tell us so he's gonna go first all right so as you all know I'm a very, very big wrestling fan. Um, I got some heart-wrenching news yesterday. One of my all-time favorite wrestlers uh, have has passed away. Uh, uh, it was a heart attack. Uh, it was Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was 36 years of age. Uh, it was the first piece of news that I saw from it could not come from a more reliable resource. It came right from Triple H and his uh, official Twitter account. Uh, he said, just received a call from WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, who informed us of the tragic news that our WWE family member for life, Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt, unexpectedly passed earlier today. Our thoughts are with his family, and we ask that everyone respect their privacy at this time. Not long after that was posted, before I, actually, while I was on my way to work, I saw an article that basically confirmed the cause of death. Uh, it was a heart attack. Uh, back in February this year, he contracted COVID-19, which exasperated his uh, already existing heart, heart condition. And it just it got continued to get worse and worse over time, even after he uh, tested negative for COVID. Um, and uh, I found out yesterday, August twenty third, August twenty third, uh, was the time of his passing. Wait, no, let me fact check that. 
I'm I'm all over the place today. Fourth. It was the twenty-fourth. I did, however, today watch the uh I watched the episode of SmackDown that was they 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 completely scrapped any and all plans for any storylines or anything and they put together the last minute a tribute show not only for Bray Wyatt but also for Terry Funk who was a longtime tag team member of uh with uh the late late great Dusty Rhodes and Cody Rhodes, who is on the roster currently, uh, paid tribute to Terry Funk uh, in honor of the tag team that he had with his father. Um, so yeah, it, I I will say before I go on any further, uh, I want to take a moment of silence. Uh, in honor of not only uh, Bray Wyatt, but Terry Funk as well. Thank you, Bray Wyatt. Um, I did actually also read that WWE is making arrangements to make sure that his his widow and his children are taken care of. Um, any and all proceeds from uh, any purchases of his merchandise on the WWE shop uh, are going right to uh, right to JoJo Offerman and uh, the kids. Always tragic uh, to hear something like this. I'm not gonna uh, lie, man. I, I I've been hit. I've been hit with a uh, with with. I've been hit with what feels like. A freight train today today yeah, now that was a very emotional episode of Smackdown for me to watch I I broke down and I cried I cried when they uh, they shined the light on the chair that uh, Bray used to sit in uh, I'm glad that Tony Khan uh, the founder of AEW uh, let Eric Rowan, he's known as Eric Rowan in the WWE, but he is known as Eric Redbeard in AEW. Eric Rowan was once a tag team member with Bray. So it was nice of Tony Khan to let Eric Rowan go to the uh, episode of SmackDown for WWE television 
to honor his friend. Braun Strowman was up front as well so, with with uh, with Eric Rowan because he was part of the Wyatt family too. They were both front and center. So a quick question for you. Now, the AEW, because I listened to uh, What Culture Gaming's podcast. Um, yeah. And uh, Scott and Josh on there, they're all British. And uh, Scott, he's a fan of um, wrestling, but he talks about the AEW a lot. So is that like their their UK division? No. So AEW is a completely separate uh, wrestling promotion. Okay. Uh, okay. It is, okay. It is where a lot of the ex WWE guys have gone. Let's see. We've got Dean Ambrose. He was known as Dean Ambrose from in WWE. He is known as John Moxley in AEW. Is there some they, kind of like uh, like in fandom uh, like rivalry about which one is better? Because I, I think I've heard him say before that he loves AEW but doesn't much care for WWE. <laughs> and I, I, I don't, I don't know what the, I don't understand the difference. So, know, so. basically. With the way AEW is doing things, it's basically history repeating itself. We're basically looking at a comparison of the WWF and WCW. WCW was another wrestling promotion that WWE eventually ended up buying. So, I mean, at this point... Yeah, okay. history is history is repeating itself. It's a okay. completely separate wrestling promotion with different <laughs> contracts for their superstars. I had to laugh because they were talking about like who they'd like to see as DLC characters for the new Mortal Kombat game, and he started mentioning a bunch of wrestlers from that. And uh, and he's like, "Why not?" He's like, uh, "They basically do fatalities anyway." <laughs> so, bro, the fucking fatalities in that trailer, though. Yeah. Oh, I know. oh my god. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. Oh, I know. Um, we'll get into the, all the nitty gritty shit. But okay. Well, rest in peace. Um, rest in peace, Bray. No, not rest in peace. Rest in paradise, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. 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 There. Yeah. You will be. You will be missed, and we will never forget the legacy that you have left behind. You were one of the most insanely crazy creative minds ever to step foot in the WWE, in a good way, of course. The most creative mind ever to step foot into the WWE, and for that, Bray Wyatt, I thank you. I was trying to think about it, and I've come up with the realization that although, so I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it, I'm I'm giving us a palate cleanser for my media corner, and I'm talking about an animated show on Fox called House Broken. I was trying to figure out a good way to segue into that, and I realized that anything I could possibly come up with is just, just would kind of maybe come across a little tasteless. So <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> 
But anyways, I do want to talk about Housebroken. Now, I wouldn't have necessarily recommended the show in its first season, even though I liked it, because it's, uh, I kind I definitely is an acquired taste. But by the time this, I'm like halfway through the second season now, and it has really grown on me in such a unique way. The second season is much better. But the basic premise of this is that this is one of those, like, animals have secret lives, you know, uh, you know, like secret life of pets type yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, so there's the two main dogs. There's Honey and Chief, and they both live with their human Jill. And Honey is, like, a therapist dog to all of her animal friends in the neighborhood. Um, there's a fat orange cat named Chico. There is a one-eyed mm-hmm. gray, gray cat named the Gray One because he lives in a crazy cat lady house with a bunch, so many cats that they're all just called. That's the Gray One. That's the Shaky One. That's the one with fleas, you know. <laughs> um... There's a little dog that looks like a weasel named Diablo. There's a mentally deranged uh, hamster named Nibbles. There is a celebrity. George Clooney's pet pig uh, is part of it. (laughs) Um, Yep. Um, And, uh, oh, there's a a stuck-up Persian cat named Tabitha. Uh, Okay. And there's a, a, a like a corgi who's an emotional support dog named Elsa. Um, Alright. Yeah, these characters all fit like an archetype. Like, since the corgi is the emotional support dog, she's the one that they dump all of, like, the PC jokes on. You know, mm. they're, they're trying to make fun of PC culture, so she's, like, the, uh, the, the stand-in for that, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, there's all kind of stuff like Chico is the stand-in for how sometimes pets have abandonment issues because his owner is like never home. In one episode, he's like, my owner's been gone so long I forgot what his face looked like. And I need him to come home soon because my food bowl's getting empty. And he's like, uh-oh, I forgot what food looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's great. So the honey plays therapist to all these other animals, and they all have their own problems. There's also a horny turtle turtle named Shell. Um, (laughs) And uh, they're all just nuts. Oh, the raccoon. The raccoon is great, too. They always ask him for his help because they're like, look, you have thumbs. We don't. We need your help with stuff, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, But every episode, they're just getting into weird shenanigans, and it's like... You know, because they're animals, they don't quite understand everything. So, like, mm-hmm. both both seasons had episodes about how animals are scared of fireworks. Um, and they just call them the Boom Booms. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just, mm-hmm. it, 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 they're like smart animals, but they're still animals, you know, so they get confused by stuff. Um, yeah. And they don't fully understand things. Um, and they just, like... <laughs> Like, uh, and they're just so casual about things that humans would be horrified by. Like, that one episode they were looking for someone, and uh, the chief sniffs a puddle on the ground, and he's like, ooh, that could be their pee. I would know. And he's like, he's like, no, it's just the blood from a recent murder. <laughs> you know? That's just funny. stuff like that. It's actually pretty great. Um, the character's... They go through a lot of character development because even though Honey is a therapist, she's got her own like narcissism issues and stuff that she has to work through. Mm-hmm. And um, she and she thinks she's a therapist because her human is, you know. But she, really, she's just a dog, you know. And right. They're just they do animal things, but from their perspective, it looks different to them than it does to people. Yeah. But 
If I was to recommend any episode of this show to watch, to get you in on it, to get anyone in on it, it would be season two, episode six. Because yes, there is, uh, there is kind of like, every episode is loosely connected. There is like a sort of overarching narrative mm-hmm. and a bit of, a bit of continuity. But it's also the kind of show where you can watch literally any episode and be able to follow it. You know, okay. You don't you don't have to start from the beginning to understand it. It's pretty self explanatory. Um, right. Yeah, like like for the dogs, for they don't have Christmas; they have Trashmas because like so much food and garbage and stuff gets thrown out. They call it Merry Trashmas, and they just start digging through the trash and eating people's leftovers and shit. That's funny. Um. Hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, there was an episode where like the day animals go to war with the night animals. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just stuff like that. Um, but I want to, before I tell you which episode you should watch to get into the show, I will point out that the ep- the show does have some very forward-thinking things to say about animals. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, uh, there's an episode that deals with wildfires, for example. Oh, yeah. Um, there's, and, like, both the fireworks episodes seem to indicate that um, that people need to be more... Uh, sensitive towards how the fireworks make the pets feel. Um, yeah. Um, there is literally an episode all about abandoned pets, where they taught where like uh, hipsters like buy exotic pets for um, you know like for photo ops and shit, and then abandon them, and they like end up in the basement and stuff. And there's mm. one. There was one that was like a ferret that was genetically uh, like fused with a poodle or something so that they could be smuggled into the country more easily. And apparently that's a real thing that happens. And they even put like they look at they break the fourth wall and they're like, no, seriously, this is true. Google it. And they put a QR code up there that you can scan to look it up. And it's true. And so it's a very pro animal show. You know, it's um, makes sense. Very like animal rights heavy, but it's all like wrapped up in you know goofy comedy and stuff. But it's I would say the second season is a lot more heavy handed on that stuff than the first season was. The first season was more about like telling stories. The second season is more about sending a message. I would right. say. Um. So and that's but I, it's a message that I agree with, and they're you know, um, very. Uh, like I, I give them props for it. It might be one of the reasons I like the second season more too. Um, but the episode I want to recommend is mm-hmm. um, it's season two, episode six, called "Who's Trippin'." And the reason I want to recommend it is because I think you people, if they're going to get into this show, they should see what is considered one of the more funnier and entertaining episodes before getting into the more serious stuff. And right. this. This is a good introduction of mostly what to expect, but in this episode, the the two main dogs, their owner, does a bunch of drugs, and it allows her to be able to understand them, so they start communicating with each other and everything, okay. and it kind, it kind of leads to some eye-opening revelations about some things about themselves, you know? Right. Um, and it actually has, like, a very heartfelt ending to the episode and everything like that, um, you know, um... And, like, it deals with things like adoption and abandonment issues and stuff like that, but it's all wrapped in, like, a funny drug trip. Um, so, uh, and the other part of it is that, like, there's a bunch of hippies doing drugs in the backyard and everything, and two of the cats take off um, after they get scared by the human uh, coming home. 
And because all those pets aren't supposed to be there, it's just supposed to be the two dogs. They sneak them in when their owner's away. Um, And they end up in the backyard and they see all of the hippies doing bongos high off their gourd and everything dancing around the fire. And Mm. this might be the funniest line in the entire show for me personally, but the, the gray one says, he says, Ooh, looks like they got into the people nip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fucking funny. That's great. uh, It was just so out of nowhere. And I laughed. This isn't one of those like bust your gut, laugh out loud constantly shows, but it's like, consistently entertaining and smirk worthy you know like it's a show that you might not be laughing the whole time like on the outside but you're laughing on the inside and you're like visually smiling as you're watching Uh, it you know it's that kind of funny you know like like modern family guy (laughs) right Um, my only caveat is that this is a fox show which means it has a hard chance of being canceled because that's what they do but yeah but they got they ordered after the first seat and the first season was pretty lackluster and it was only 11 episodes but they um they ordered a whole second season and the second season is 19 episodes long so nice and but you know what I think it's I think it's going to be on for at least a couple more seasons because season two is definitely a quality increase. Um, yeah, and for sure. anybody anybody who likes animals and enjoys the um, the like Fox sitcom animated stuff like Family Guy, Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, that kind of shit. If you like animals and you like those kinds of shows, then you need to watch Housebroken. Um, okay. If you I'll like the movie, if you like the movie Secret Life of Pets, they think of like Secret Life of Pets, but as a series and way more adult. You know, because they're yeah. dealing, yeah, they're yeah. dealing, dealing with thematic issues. They're dealing with, like, there are several episodes where, like, um, um, like characters, like insecurities about themselves, will cause them to kind of like stab their friends in the back and shit, and then they end up uh-huh. having like an epiphany at the end of the episode. You know, somebody always learns something in these episodes, even though they turn around and do the same shit three episodes later. But there's yeah. a message. There's a message in almost every episode, is what I'm saying. On top of all the comedy, so, yeah, of course. You know, just like be careful some of these episodes might kind of you know make you hold a mirror up to yourself (laughs) right um but no it's 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 yeah i I think you would like it for sure like it's definitely your kind of thing you know um this is definitely up your alley of like animated cartoon comedy adult comedy cartoons you know yeah for sure um and I do think I can think of at least a couple a couple of our listeners that would like it as well. I think, or at least if they gave it a try, I would say watch the episode I recommended first, season two, episode six, "Who's Tripping," and then um, from there, you know, I would say either season two, episode six, "Who's Tripping," or season okay. two, or that that's the drug trip one, or. Season two, episode four. Who's a scaredy cat? That's the one about abandoned pets. That okay. one's a little more. That one's a little more serious, but it's got like a. It's like a parody of a horror movie in okay. some parts. So okay. I think think you'd like that one too. Um, so yeah, either episode four or episode six of season two, or both. I would say watch both of them then decide. Hell know, yeah! But okay, well, 
yeah, that's all we both had. Um, you know, uh, not not doing two or three things this time, just one because we have a lot of video games to talk about. Um, so. Nibbler decided to pass out right on top of the pizza box. <laughs> a cat on a pizza box. Ain't that something? If I fits, I sits. Of course. And she knocked the fuck. She's sleeping. Nibbler, I want some pizza. <laughs> you know what's funny? Oh, maybe she's paying an homage to Futurama because <laughs> because you remember how when Fry got stuck in the thing where he got teleported or not tele- where he got cryogenically frozen and woke up in the future, he was delivering pizza. He was a pizza delivery boy. Uh-huh. And remember later in the show, they later revealed that it was actually Nibbler who traveled back in time and pushed the chair back to make him fall into that thing in the first place because they needed him in the future to save his people. <laughs> so your cat is doing a Futurama homage. <laughs> Uh, a future homage, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Big yawn. Oh, shit. Okay, well, I'm glad we squeezed that in before the transition. Anyways, on right. to the topic. Gamescom 2023. Alright everyone, welcome to this episode's topic of interest, where we're going to talk about the uh, Gamescom 2023 and all the fun things that came with it. Um, it was basically a like follow-up show to Summer Game Fest earlier this year. We got more in-depth looks and stuff at things that we saw there and at last year's Game Awards. Um, but there were a couple of small surprises here and there that I thought were kind of noteworthy, but um, yeah, I managed, you know, to keep a list and I have, there are several things. So, the uh, the first thing is that before the main show, there was a pre-show that had a couple little things in it. Um, yeah. With a different guy doing a pre-recorded video thing, but the, the one thing I wanted to point out in particular was that uh, when he has a conversation with Jeff on there, and Jeff says uh, something along the lines of, it's hard to meet everyone's expectations because people want, like, um, they want, like, in-depth like looks at like actual gameplay footage and stuff for a bunch of games but then at the same time they also want like a cgi trailer for a game that's not coming out for six years you know right (laughs) that's the the constant battle always happens where people want some cg teaser for a game coming in five years uh but then they also want to see real gameplay and real games yeah and he's not wrong you know he's not wrong. I could he no. he put he put a little. Uh, I I could feel the um, I could feel the uh, uh, what's the the vindictiveness in that a little bit like the um, yeah a little bit. The, the, it was it was a tiny bit bitter. You know like he's like yeah like these ungrateful children. I spent all my hard earned money to get them an iPhone for Christmas, and they're screaming at me because it wasn't the right model. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's yeah. That's yeah. The, he's not wrong though. There's a so many nah, game, gamers really are like entitled whiny assholes. So <laughs> pretty fucking much. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> but there were a few games there that stood out to me. Um, Bulletstorm is always fun, and I think playing that game in a uh, VR would be like a very uh, 
way over the top experience. Um, Mandragora stood out to me because it looks like um, a game called uh, Dragon's Crown. Um, yeah, that I always enjoyed. Uh, Fay Farm, I wanted to point out because it seems like so. There are so many of these types of games now that they invented a new genre for it called Cozy Farm Games. And it, that's where things like Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley fall under now. And yeah, so I just wanted to point out Fay Farm because it's basically that again. But also, also because it's not only that, but it also has some like action RPG elements to it. It looks like you know during yeah. the day during the day you're farming, but you can also go out and like do some dungeon crawling stuff, you know, and fight monsters and get treasure and all that. So it's kind of a hybrid. Um, yeah, no. My my daughter was watching with me when I was watching the first part of the uh, uh, Gamescom, and she said that she really wanted to play uh, Fay Farm. I'm like, it's not even out yet. I have <laughs> like, kiddo, this game isn't coming out for another long while. So, did it did it say that when it was coming out? I don't remember, to be honest with you. There's only one thing I actually remembered the release date of, and that's because it's on my birthday, which is why fair I'm enough. Fair the enough. Point. Um, um, <clears throat> but although, they, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I will say I might have to, uh, depending on when it comes out, I might have to uh, put it on uh, her Christmas list or something. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely looks like the kind of game that's meant for like the Switch, you know. Um, oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, but if I have, if it's available for like PS Five, I'll I'll put it on the I'll put it on the wish list and I'll download it for her. When it, download it for her when I have the money. Good stuff. And then the other the other two things that stood out to me from the pre-show both kind of fall in a horror-ish category. Um, one of them is uh, Seventh Guest VR, which I wouldn't necessarily consider horror, probably more mystery with some, yeah. like, some horror elements. Because it seems like you are a ghost and you and a bunch of other ghosts are trying to like solve a mystery or something. You know? And yeah. It, it, it really stood out to me as kind of unique, and I like the aesthetic, like the visuals and the atmosphere of that one. And then mm -hmm. there was a horror game that looks like it's in the vein of classic survival horror called Post Trauma that looks like it takes yeah, place. Yeah, like that a, one looks intense. Yeah, in like some kind of hospital or something. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah that's a, a maybe on that one. I want to see more, but yeah, that looks interesting. Um, but then... We got into the main show, and immediately they open up with what I consider a beautiful piano performance for one of the songs from the soundtrack of Starfield. Yes, um, that was a beautiful performance. I will have to agree with that. And then they gave, and then they showed September sixth, and I'm like, oh, that that game comes out on my birthday, and it's gonna be free on Game Pass. So, hell yeah, you know, bet. <laughs> okay. Although it is like 126 gigs, and I have the Series S with the 500 gig hard drive, so unless I like delete a few things, I'm probably gonna have to like stream that one through the cloud. <laughs> right. Um, and also, of course, we can't get past mentioning the fact that once again the show got um, there was a um, what did they call it? Like a 
not not stage runner infiltrator or something like that. The stage infiltrator. Somebody decided to run up on stage. Yeah, so basically this guy thought he was going to be the next Bill Clinton kid because you remember how at the Game Awards... Yeah, um, I remember. And the Elden Ring team walked... He walked up with them. Um, and he, like... Do it Assassin's Creed his way up to the stage, man. Because <laughs> he, he sure was, like, the fuck did He just it. blended in with them like he belonged. You know? <laughs> Um, but this guy, this guy was completely different. The Bill Clinton kid assassins created his way up there. This motherfucker, like, just Call of duty his way in. He, like, kicked the door in and came in guns blazing. He said, burr, burr, burr. He, so I couldn't understand what he was saying, but I looked it up later, and apparently he said, Bill Clinton wants to play GTA 6. And he just kept saying that. Um, and I have to, it, yeah, and I have to agree with Jeff. It's just sad and stupid when people do dumb shit like that, and they're trying and celebrate gaming. That's just so disappointing. This is such a special night for so many developers, and it's really disappointing to see someone uh, act that way. But we're gonna move right on with the show. We've got a lot of great games to show you. Really, it just—it's just so sad to me to see something like that happen. A night we're here to celebrate games in this community and how much they mean to us. So. But here's the other thing, too. Some people are saying that that was staged and they were doing it to make fun of that kid from the Game Awards. Uh, So there's like, but Jeff hasn't confirmed one way or the other. There's no, like, at least not at the time of recording this, not that I've seen. But um, so there's like arguments online about whether or not that actually happened because he got escorted off by security. But there's arguments online about whether that actually happened or if it was staged. You know, right? Um, and if it did happen, man, after the game awards, you would have thought he would have beefed up security. To be fair, though, they were on top of that man like almost instantly. Like I had to rewind to see what actually happened. They came in there and swooped his ass out super quick. <laughs> yeah, like the goddamn Secret Service, right? Tar- like target acquired. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking nuts. So, what do you think? Do you think that was staged, or do you think that do you think I, that was you legit? Know, I, I, you know, I honestly, I think it, it was just some dude trying to get his seven seconds of fame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, maybe I'll be famous like the Bill Clinton kid." No, nah, man. See, if that was the goal, if that was the goal, he failed. He failed because. Look, I'm not condoning either of their actions. That's really stupid, and you should never do something like that. But the Bill Clinton kid at least had some finesse, you know? Yeah, he, like, <laughs> he did. <laughs> like, bruh. Like he, he said, he assassins created his way up there. Right, right, yeah. He and like blended he, the fuck in. At least he did some, like, like, Mission Impossible shit, you know, and got himself up yeah. there. This other guy did, like, the equivalent of, like, somebody streaking through the baseball field. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> is what he did. You know, yeah. look at me, look at me, is kind of the whole, yeah. But Jeff, he, he he handled it so professionally. I gotta give him props, but, you know, he got his jabs in there, too. He basically said, you sad, pathetic little piece of shit, <laughs> you know, in so right. many words. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's like, this is what people with no life do. <laughs> like, Right. No, but he's right though. We're there. We're there. To, it's supposed to be about the games and stuff, and people are just being assholes for no reason. Like, why waste your money on a ticket just to just to do that? You know. Right. That's what I'm saying. But you know. Anyways, you I'm glad people. the audience booed him too, which has made me happy to see. So. Hell, the fuck yeah! 
I, um, I heard that shit. Immediate pickup from that for me, by the way, and this is, by the way, uh, this is personally the biggest thing in the entire show for me. Um, is Little Nightmares three was surprise announced yeah. at this? Yeah, and Jeff set our expectations. He said, "Don't expect any big announcements or anything." Well, buddy, big is subjective in this case because that case that's a big one for me. <laughs> so, um, I love the first two games. This one seems like it's going to be like in a completely different location, different characters. Like you know, I wonder if it'll even connect to the first one because the second or the first two because the second one connected to the first one a lot. But right. um, even though you were a different character, but I guess we'll have to see. Oh, and this one is going to have um, the ability to play the game in co-op as well, which the first two didn't okay. have. So there's that as well. So I'm excited for this, um, and uh, one of the next things they showed stood out to me. Uh, it's called Black Myth Wukong. I can't tell if it's supposed to be a Souls-like or not. Based on the combat, it seems like it might be, but it also looks like an open-world RPG. All I know is that you play as a sort of ape man, and it's based in, I want to say, like Chinese folklore. Um, and... What really stood out to me about this is that there was a headless man playing the guitar in the trailer. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, that was uh, that was very interesting. I couldn't look away at that point. Um, right. And then Monkey Man does all the fighting and stuff. But the fact, but the fact that you play as a sort of half ape, half guy thing reminded me of Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Um, again, okay. I played on the PS3 a long time ago. It's uh, very underrated. Um. But also, uh, there was, um, I got some Beyond Good and Evil vibes from, like, the animations and the overall aesthetic as well, and some of, like, yeah. the, the character designs. So, at first I thought it was a new trailer for Beyond Good and Evil too. but then I was like, no, wait, that's not what he said. <laughs> so, um, right. that one's definitely on my interest list. I'm like, okay, so it's a monkey man in Chinese folklore, and you're fighting big monsters, and a headless man plays guitar. What's not to like about that? You know, right. I'll go, I'll check it out. Um, do you want to talk about uh, Zack Snyder's new movie, Rebel Moon, that's coming to Netflix? You know, it looks interesting, I will have to say. I, I think, honestly, I, I think that might, I'm, I might have to put that on my watch list when it comes out. I mean, it's not like you're going to spend any money on it, right? It's on Netflix, so... Right. Yeah, because Zack Snyder is either like hit or miss to me, right? Because his 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 like extended cut of the Justice League is just a polished turd at best. You know, it's not polished a turd. It's still a turd. Exactly, and the stuff that he added <laughs> to it, while some of it was cool, did nothing more to really fix it. And you know, it, there was about I don't know thirty percent extra unnecessary slow mo shit. But if you go back. Uh, Zack Snyder's actually got some hits, like 300, you know? Yeah, um, oh, hell yeah. 300 was good. And did he do Watchmen? Was that him, or... I don't... I don't know. I'd have I to... I don't remember. I, I, I didn't really... I, I, I never got the chance to see Watchmen. Oh, never, never okay. Really had the, never really had the time. Uh, but it is on my watch list, for sure. <laughs> he said, gotta watch the Watchmen. Um... Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just looking real quick because Zack Snyder has kind of fallen from graces recently, so I'd have to go into this movie with cautious optimism. And lately, yeah. lately all he's done is like 
DC movies for the most part. Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League. Um, oh, he did Army of the Dead in 2021. I forgot about that. The one with Dave Bautista in it. I think it was, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. it was on Prime. But yeah, 300. Yeah, he did Watchmen. Oh, he did Watchmen. He did Watchmen. He did 300. Oh, he did the new Flash movie. Well, that's not great. Oh. But um, Oh, he did Sucker Punch in 2011. I did like that movie. So yeah, so Zack Snyder. So but, okay. But yeah, he did do Watchmen and I Sucker Punch. I remember that. Sucker Punch was that one that like takes place in like the asylum and those girls are like imagining their... Uh, yeah, and the, yeah. the one girl was the, uh, the older sister in the... Uh, Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events. Yep, yep. So, um, from the trailer, just from the trailer, Rebel Moon does look decent. Pretty good cast lineup in there, too. Um, Hell yeah. It's a completely original story, but yet something about it feels familiar, you know? Right. Like, when I saw the trailer, I was like, I feel like, I feel like, not like I've seen this, but like, but like when they were like narrating like the have i ever told you the story of the princess of yada yada i was like why does that sound so fucking familiar to me right i can't you know maybe it's a reincarnation thing i don't know maybe (laughs) something but um yeah so that was that was interesting and i was um i'm definitely looking I don't want to say looking forward. I'm going to go into it with cautious optimism. I'll watch it and yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Same. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, showed Crimson Desert, which I have to point out because this to me, when I saw this, is not at all what I thought it was going to be. Once the trailers started going and it showed the gameplay, I was like, wow. This, okay, so this is like a medieval fantasy RPG, but it's fucking wacky. It reminds me of GTA in a lot of ways, like if GTA took place in the medieval days. It's kind of, I mean, there's a part in the trailer where he like snatches this lady off her horse and carriage and then gets up on it and rides himself, which granted you can do in the Assassin's Creed games too, but still, like, that is fucking wild but i laugh so hard because there's a part where he's riding the horse and the horse jumps him and the horse jump off a cliff and then he jumps off the horse and the horse like goes down screen and i'm like oh my god he fucking yoshi jumped the horse (laughs) he he yoshi jumped the horse because in like in the mario super mario world when you're trying to get up to a higher ledge and you're riding yoshi you can jump with yoshi but then you can jump off yoshi to give mario an extra boost but then you send yoshi to his death down into the pits below you sacrifice <laughs> him to get an extra boost and the motherfucker did that with the horse in this trailer he yoshi jumped it and then he turns into a cloud and starts flying through the air and i was like well i'm sold <laughs> i gotta right. i gotta play this and then there was a new, another Assassin's Creed Mirage trailer where they showed off that the game will have the option to uh, play the game with the audio completely in the native language of where it takes place in Baghdad. Interesting. Um, so, and that really stood out to me because I was like, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm probably still going to play it in English, but like, it's cool that that's a thing, you know? Like, right, if you want to yeah. go like full immersion, um, 
it's just nice that they're like showing respect to that culture and keeping it authentic in that way. And yeah, more than anything, I'm just excited that the series is going back to its roots with the with the parkour and the jumping off rooftops and stabbing people in the throat and shit like that. Uh, yeah. The 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 three games that I Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla that I like to call the RPG trilogy, they were fun and all. Uh, or the Lila trilogy because she's the modern day character in that one. They they they're fun and all, but like I um they they can be they're so big and so much in them that it gets a little overwhelming. I was I'm glad to have a more like condensed linear experience again. You yeah, know, is what I'm looking forward to. Mo- that and just running along rooftops like I used to, you know. There was there's not enough rooftops in the open fields of Norway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um but anyways, uh you like fighting games, so let's talk about Tekken 8. Uh that was the okay. next thing that they showed. So uh, I I I I played a handful of the Tekken games. I am excited for this one. Um, it's been a while since I've played Tekken, but this, I think this would be, this would be fun to, to get back into, to get back into the, uh, get back into the Tekken series, I mean. What, one of the things that stood out to me is that this game has a literal arcade mode in the sense that, like, you create a little avatar that looks like an Xbox Live character, and you go into a virtual arcade and play the game online against other people on a virtual arcade machine as if you were like back at the arcade you know back in the day exactly Um, i think that is probably one of the coolest things ever yes um and i'm trying to think uh who is the the kid okay the other thing i noticed very briefly at the end is that it's an exclusive pre-order bonus for the PlayStation version of the game is, um, I want to say it's like avatars or skins or something for the wooden character Mo- Mokujin, um, which he's been in a lot of the Tekken games. The last one I played was back on the PS1, and I didn't even really do a lot of the fighting stuff. But uh-huh. what I did do was the game had like a volleyball mode where the characters would like hit a beach ball back and forth and like they would knock each other out by, you know, getting the ball to hit the ground. But it was different levels of difficulty too. So like easy was just a regular beach ball, but if you turned it up to like medium, it would be like a um something heavier, like a like a medicine ball or something like that, or even like a basketball. And then if you turned up to hard, it was like a fucking bowling ball. Uh, You just had to like use your fighting moves to hit it back and forth and try to screw up the other person. So it was like, oh, this is like some fun, like Mario Party minigame shit in this fighting game. Tekken was always the weird one, you know? It was always the redheaded stepchild of the fighting games. Um, It's a... It's a... very interesting one because its cast of characters are like not all completely humanoid there's like a skeleton samurai and like a dude made completely of wood and there's literally a bear kuma the bear um and um and in the one i played with the volleyball there was a little lizard creature named goro looked like a tiny dinosaur uh is one of the characters you know (laughs) so 
really, really weird shit. Um, but Tekken has been a PlayStation mainstay for a while. Remember how Hihachi, like the cover character of the game, was a PlayStation All Stars fighter? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that kind of covered over. So um, <clears throat> so you may be surprised to hear that I'm actually going to talk about this because it's not normally a game I much care for, but. Uh, right. they did They did show Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, and here's what I've noticed just from, like, what I've seen, what I've heard, and some videos I've watched on YouTube and stuff. Ever since they started remaking the Modern Warfare franchise, um, you know, even though they still have a heavy focus on multiplayer with all the Battle Royale shit and Warzone and all that, the sing- they have started putting more dedicated teams towards the single player so that the single player campaigns are no longer just an afterthought. There's actually, like, effort put into them because for a while their Call of Duty was just the same copy-pasted bullshit every year and people were only buying it for the multiplayer. But the campaigns are actually worth playing now um, because they have put a lot of focus into dealing with the... um, the more thematic elements of like war and stuff. I've heard that like one of the games has like a scene where you're like forced to torture someone during an interrogation and it's like really hard to sit through, you know? Mm. So they're doing more of a um, showing you the horrors of war, you know, not so much glorifying it. In fact, I would say that if anybody glorifies it, it's the the fan base. The problem I don't think the games are the problem. I think the fan base is the problem, and that can be said for a lot of things. Um, I think a lot of things that actually have some quality to them, uh, a lot of people are easily turned off of them because they have such toxic fan bases. You know what I mean? That's that's an unfortunate side effect sometimes. Uh, Like Undertale. Undertale's a good game, and that has a... <clears throat> that's happened a lot with that one. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, because um, like I, I was saying, the the quality of the single player campaigns has gone up, but like it's yeah. it's the but a lot of people buy those games for the multiplayer, and they and the people who exclusively only play the multiplayer are usually insufferable. Um, you know, not always. Yeah, you know, probably. I'm not. I'm not saying everyone who plays the game is a bad person or whatever, but I am saying that there's a reason I avoid online multiplayer in most games, you know? Um, but I do want to tell you something very interesting. What's that? So what I noticed when I watched the gameplay for this, first of all, one of the reasons it stood out to me is because it's kind of stealthy, the part that they showed. Like, you're infiltrating a Russian prison and you're like using night vision goggles to take out the enemies stealthily as you're like rappelling down into this dark tunnel and shit. Okay. But the fact that you're infiltrating a Russian prison is what stood out to me because I think it's, it's being topical because of what's going on in the world right now, you know? Right. But also that brought me back to, so this, this new modern warfare three is a remake or reboot. They started rebooting the franchise a few years back with the modern warfare reboot and they just did two and three. So the original modern warfare is one, two and three way back on the 360 and shit in the second one, 
there was a very controversial level called No Russian. So controversial, in fact, that they patched in the ability to skip the level entirely. Okay. The, the reason why is because in this mission, you are a undercover American soldier, I think. I, I may have to fact check myself on this, but the idea, you'll get the gist anyways. But you're, a, you're an American soldier, I want to say, undercover in the Russian army. And they are they go to an airport and unleash what is basically a terrorist attack on a bunch of um, innocent citizens uh, at the airport. And you have no choice but to murder and mow down all these innocent citizens. Otherwise, you risk blowing your cover. And that's why they make the mission skippable. But to me, that says that they've always tried to showcase the true horrors of war in the single-player campaigns, but the problem is no one ever sees it because they only buy it for the goddamn multiplayer. So after a while, they realized that they weren't making any money off the games for single-player, and they stopped caring about it and focused exclusively on the multiplayer. But now they're starting to care about the single-player again uh, in the in the reboots. So, And they're starting to show like more horrific stuff like that again like torture scenes and shit like that to show you that war isn't all you know roses and unicorns obviously so you want to talk about um sonic uh, yeah yeah what was it called sonic superstars yes yes got some multiplayer to it yeah i i like the fact that it, it reminds me of the side scroller uh, from the, the Sega Genesis, but with 3D graphics. That's exactly mm-hmm. what that shit reminds me of. And that was the stuff, that, that, that was enough, to, that, 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 that's what had me sold on Sonic Frontiers. Sonic Frontiers, or, or the that, other? The, that's what had me sold on Sonic Superstars. Wow, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Frontiers is a uh, more like modern one. It's you know the full like three D, and that one's open world too. On top of it, which is yeah, kind of interesting. Nah. And the fact that the D- there's a DLC coming to that, I want to hop on the Sonic Frontiers uh, bandwagon. I watched the game Grumps play it. I watched the game Grumps play it. It was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. watching it. It was different it was definitely different for sonic a huge tone shift for sure also it sounds like all the characters finally hit puberty too so there's that (laughs) couple of rpgs back to back i saw a nightingale esteem which is a steampunk fantasy mmo rpg grand blue grand blue fantasy relink which is a jrpg and yeah zen zenless zone zero which is the next free-to-play game in the uh, Miyoho universe or whatever. The people who made Genshin Impact and Honkai Star Rail, both games that I like, they're completely free to play. They're doing this one too, you know. Nice. So it'll be in that vein. Uh, Genshin Impact is like an open world, almost kind of like plays almost like Breath of the Wild in a way. Like okay. And then Honkai Star Rail is more of a sci-fi adventure with turn-based combat like a classic rpg so each of their games are a little bit different but um but the fact that they're completely free you can play them on mobile console or pc is nice right yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> I also wanted to point out, not necessarily that I'm interested in it, but the game The First Descendant kind of looks like Destiny <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um, but I do want to point out this game called Under the Waves because it looks really emotional. It looks like a survival game, but like it has narrative, like a very heavy narrative element. Uh, cause like the guy, it looks like he's like trapped in a submarine or something underwater and he's like talking to his wife on the intercom and you know, she's like, please come home and all that. It's, I'm very interested in that one, especially cause I get, I get the feeling it might be like a, um, like a choice based narrative kind of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it is, yeah. if it is, I'm, I'm definitely all over that. Um, Oh, uh, Fort Solace. So we got to see Troy Baker yeah. again, and he was talking about Fort Solace, uh, the same game that they <clears throat> announced at last year's Game Awards. And um, <clears throat> I thought it was funny when they were talking about how like he made a hole in the wall with his butt just from all the like moving around for motion capture and stuff. Uh, but anyways, it... I can't tell if it's a horror game or not, or if it's like a sci-fi thriller or what it is exactly, but I do know that it's out now, and it's only $30 on the PlayStation Store. But you know what else? What's that? There's a free trial for it as well. An hour-long free trial for PS Plus Premium members. Okay, So. Yeah. So if it, you know, if they weren't, if you weren't sold on it from what you still at the show, you can try before you buy, right. so to speak. Um, and you mentioned before being interested in Forza, so I thought, how did the crew stand out to you? They showed the new crew game. I like um, the crew. I, I have, I have a couple of the of the crew games. Um, uh, they they're interesting. Sure. Okay, so so did you see that the new one um, between September 14th and 17th is going to have a free five-hour-long trial that you can try it before you buy it? Yes. But uh, you gotta yeah. you have to get in on it during those dates. Yeah. It comes out September 14th, so the weekend it releases, there'll be a five-hour trial Yeah. that you can play. And I know this also stood out to you probably. Um phantom liberty dlc for cyberpunk uh we got an extended look at that and some of the yeah. new gameplay fe gameplay features that are coming with it you know mm. um but then they also mentioned that even if you don't have the dlc a lot of those same features are going to be patched into the core game in the next major 2.0 update for the game as well okay so I don't know how much of Cyberpunk you've played. I haven't played any of it, but I know that you said you've played some of it before. So yeah, I've you, played some What do you think? I, I've played some of it. Um, I, um... Yeah, not enough to be excited for the new update, but I'm excited that it's going to be free. That's all I can say. Well, the update will be, but not the Phantom Liberty DLC, because that's a story expansion. But like, right, yeah. But, like, so you'll need the DLC to get all the new story stuff, but you won't need the DLC to get the new gameplay features they're patching in, you know, because that's right. major update content. 2.0 is, like, jumping from, you know, whenever, they, whenever it ends in a point zero or point five, it means they've jumped to a major update. Um, 
So, uh, oh, um, so I guess we also heard at the Game Awards, I don't know if you've ever played it, but there's a mobile card game called Marvel Snap, and it's like a trading card game like Yu-Gi-Oh! and all that. Um, and it's now available on Steam, so if people don't want to play it on their phone, they can play it on the PC instead, and still completely free to play. Um, they won Best Mobile Game at the Game Awards last year, so it's definitely yeah. worth checking out. It's definitely worth checking out if you uh, if you haven't, because yeah. if you like TCGs and you like Marvel, definitely try it, but if you're going to go up against other players, do be warned that there might be some pay-to-win gotcha bullshit, but that's just, yeah. you know, par, par for the course with free-to-play games, you know? Pretty much. Um... Well, here's the begin that you mentioned before. Mortal Kombat 1. We got another new trailer for that with even yes. more fa- fa- fatalities. Oh my god, those fatalities were amazing. Also, I'm excited to I'm I'm excited to play as Homelander in uh in this one. Mm-hmm. That's right. I forgot that he was going to be a part of that. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about the new Mortal Kombat being a tag team game where you have the cameo fighters? You know, it's like interesting. It's different. I like it. it. It definitely is. I heard they even wrote the story around that concept this time too for the single yeah. player campaign. Yeah. Also, it's just like you know the whole resetting the timeline and the cameo fighters thing is really just an excuse to bring back nostalgic costumes for OG characters. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it really is. But hey, I'm down with it. Uh this is, you know, again, these types of fighting games aren't usually my thing, um, like just from a gameplay style, but I do right. love to go on YouTube and watch all the cutscenes and all the fatalities. That's kinda I'm always down for that. I've just I, like I've said before, I like cross brawlers like Smash Bros and All Stars. I don't so much care for the 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 one v one two D side stepping fighting, you know, classic fighting games um, like these. I don't know what it is. It, it, I don't know. It's it, um, it's just the gameplay mechanics never really stood, never right. really did anything for me. But I do love the stories of the new Mortal Kombat's. Like ever since. Not they started a new story with Mortal Kombat Nine and just went from there, and the goofy shit they've been doing with time travel and all that. I'm I'm all for it. You know, I love convoluted narratives that get complicated because of timey wimey shit. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of up my alley. So, yeah. um, so very interesting, huh? Um, and. So you and I both like choice-based narrative games, so I think we'd both be interested in this next one, a game yeah. called Dust Dustborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, very interesting art style in that one, too. Kind of reminded me of Road 96, which was a game in my top ten last year. Okay. Um, but, like, I like the art style of this. I like the... Um, I love choice-based narratives, and I think that's what this game is, is one of those choice-based ones. But I had to laugh because... Um, and it looks like it's futuristic because there's, like, robots and shit. But in the trailer, they say, in a world divided by disinformation where danger lurks around every corner. I was like, so current-day America? <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's, that's where we are now. Yes. Right, yeah. Basically, or the internet. 
Yeah, so, um, but no, it looks good to me because it's, you know, it's a choice-based narrative game, you know? Um, Hell yeah. And I'm always down for those. And then, of course, we saw more Alan Wake 2. Uh, I'm excited for that. Everyone knows I I love the first game. I've done Let's Plays of it and all that. It's one of the the best horror games ever made, especially if you're a Stephen King fan. Um, And I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't explain why, but it looks like in this game, Alan is stuck in uh, an alternate reality known as the Dark Place. And a okay. evil doppelganger has taken his place in the real world, so it looks like this game is about trying to escape from the dark place and stop your evil doppelganger from, you know, doing bad things <laughs> um, right. in the real world. So I'm excited. Plus, in this one, you don't just play as Alan in the dark world, but you also play as an FBI detective in the real world investigating the disappearance of Alan Wake. So that'll be fun, but, like, you know... Um, I highly, if anybody hasn't ever played Alan Wake, I highly, highly recommend playing the remaster. It was free for PlayStation Plus members last month, so uh, hopefully people got on that and definitely check it out. Um, And then the last thing that Jeff ended the show by um, saying that the Game Awards will be on December 7th this year. That's a Thursday uh, in December. And it's taking place in, what, Germany? No, no, it'll take place in... um, I think it's taking place in California, like always, at the Microsoft Theater. I'll have to double-check that, though, um, because Gamescom took place in Germany. It would be weird if the Game Awards was all the way over there. That's usually in California, because that's where Jeff lives. Um, But you and I will definitely be covering that for sure, because that's like one of the biggest gaming gaming events of the year. Because not only sure. not only is it a bunch of not only is it basically the video game Oscars, but there is always a bunch of surprise announcements too. You know, um, so we get to not only talk about the winners, but we get to talk about the surprises that we were shown too. The Last of Us Part Two was announced at a Game Awards the first time it was ever announced. You know, yeah. So several of the games that we saw at Gamescom this week were announced at the Game Awards last year. So, okay. Um, so yeah, I think Death Stranding was announced at a Game Awards. Can't wait for Death Stranding too. I wish. I hope we get to see more of that at this year's Game Awards. That one's going to have Ellie Fanning in it, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I think the Game Awards will be at the same place it is every year, uh, the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. I think it's in Los Angeles anyway. I don't know. It's somewhere in California. Um, but, but okay, well, that was basically the, the, our recap, uh, talking about the things that stood out the most in Gamescom, Gamescom 2023. Um, yeah, yeah, I, um, I didn't mention it, but like, there were just because it wasn't something that stood out to me personally, but I guess I it wouldn't be fair not to. But Diablo Four is getting like a huge update uh, with new, right, new content right. and a few other things like that. But yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, so that what was the biggest thing for you personally? For me, it was Little Nightmares Three for sure. I think I mentioned that. Earlier. For me personally, I think the, the thing I got most excited for was 
Sonic Superstars. Nice. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um. Man, Sonic is still kicking. <laughs> Sonic and oh, Mario. Yeah. Those two will never die. Okay. Hell no. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode then, folks. Thanks for listening. Um, let me know in the comments or what have you. Uh, what are what were your favorite things from this year's Gamescom if you watched it or if you haven't watched it go watch it and come back and tell me what your favorite things were <laughs> or whatever right yeah um, but anywho um, I have been your host Justin aka Oversoul and you can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter uh, at Oversoul53 and of course if you, uh, on YouTube as Oversoul Gaming and, and you, you can, and then you can find me on. I refuse to call it. Refuse to call it X. So yeah, the website formerly known as Twitter, at the Vaping Fiend, uh, TikTok the dot Vaping dot Fiend. I should probably update that because I have everything else with it. The Vaping Fiend. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, those are our two main platforms: TikTok and Twitter. Indeed. And don't worry, folks, he's not drunk, he's just sleepy. All right, well... Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to adjust to the, uh, the overnight schedule again, and I'm not having very good luck on that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know the feeling, I know the feeling, I'm so... But anyways, all right, well, once again, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, good night, everybody. Nighty night. <laughs>